It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. This morning in the Word, we're in John chapter number 11. You ever know someone that serves the Lord, but maybe there's always a reluctance in it. You know, they do what they're supposed to do, but there's always this kind of sense of their heart maybe not really being in it. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's uncertainty. Hey, maybe you're that person. Maybe you find yourself and you're you're serving the Lord and you're showing up, but you're you know there's kind of a reluctance to it. There's kind of maybe a an uncertainty to it. That is exactly what is going on in our chapter this morning. Jesus had fled away from Judea because the Jews there were trying to take him and they wanted to kill him, and it wasn't his time to die yet because that was going to happen on the cross. But you come into chapter 11, and there's a man named Lazarus. And Lazarus had a sister, Mary, and another sister, Martha. They lived in Bethany, a town that was really close to Jerusalem. And one of the characteristics of this family that we see in Scripture is that they were just really close friends with Jesus. Probably seems to be the most close earthly friends that Jesus had was this family of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Well, Lazarus becomes ill, um, but while he's ill, Jesus is on a journey with his other disciples. And the sisters call for Jesus, and they're wanting him to come. But Jesus purposely waits until after Lazarus was dead in order to come back to where Lazarus was. Now, if you know the rest of the story, when Jesus returns four days after Lazarus died, and after the decomposition would already be beginning in his body, after he's already in the tomb, Jesus comes and miraculously raises him from the dead. Now, throughout the Gospel of John, there's all these sevens. There's, you know, the seven I am's of Jesus, and there's the seven miracles, or what's called the seven signs of Jesus. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead was the seventh of these signs, and really the greatest of all of these signs. Raising someone from the dead after they have been there for four days, that is incredible. But in our story, Jesus tells them in verse 7, after he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. So Lazarus has died. He's in Bethany, which is in Judea. And Jesus is calling now the disciples that were with him to return to Judea. And in verse 8, it says, his disciples said to him, Master, the Jews of late have sought to stone you, and you're going to go there again? So they're reluctant to go. They're like, you really want to go to Judea? Remember what happened? They're ready to kill you in Judea. But I love this. Jesus kind of tells them the importance. And in verse 12, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will do well. Now, what's that talking about? Jesus told them that Lazarus was asleep. Now, what he meant is Lazarus had died, and he was using this figurative language. And Jesus is saying, Lazarus is asleep, and we need to go to Lazarus. But then they said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll do well. That's what people need when they're sick, right? They need to get some sleep, need to get their rest. Verse 13, it says, Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was, had spoken about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. They all knew Lazarus. They knew Jesus was close to Lazarus. 
Jesus was going to do a miracle in Lazarus that we're going to talk about next time because it really has a lot to do with the triumphal entry and the crowd that gathered there with Jesus on Palm Sunday. But Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And then he said this, and I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. And then Thomas said, which is called Didymus, to his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Now, Thomas, who's also called Didymus. Now, Thomas would be his Hebrew name. Didymus would be the same name in Greek, and uh, it means twin. Now, there's different suppositions about him. Some think he was Matthew's twin because how he was placed in the different lists of the apostles. Some historically even believed he looked a lot like Jesus, and that's why they called him twin. But irregardless, his name is Thomas, or the Greek version is Didymus, and he's called twin. And so you got Thomas here, and Thomas is like this reluctant serving of Jesus, this one who reluctantly serves Jesus. He's like, okay, we might as well go and die with him just like Lazarus did. It's almost like you get the sense he has this mindset that they're going on a suicide mission. Yeah, let's just go and die with him. Some had said he's talking about dying with Lazarus. Others said he's talking about dying with Jesus. I think he's talking about dying like Lazarus with Jesus because if we go with Jesus, guess what? We're all gonna die. Let's just go. We might as well do it. It's just Thomas. And this pessimistic obedience seems to really be a characteristic of of Thomas's personality or his life. You go over to John chapter 20 and it says, and Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection in an upper room. And in John 20, 24, it says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe. So he's still hanging out with these followers. He's still putting himself at risk, but he's like this reluctant, doubtful. He's even, what's his nickname in scripture where people refer to it? They call him Doubting Thomas, right? Why? Because of this passage. So you got him here saying this, and in verse 26 of chapter 20, it says, after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. So he's with them this time. And Jesus came and the doors were shut and he stood in the midst and he said, peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here, reach your finger and behold my hands and reach your hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. So you have back to chapter number 11, you have the raising of Lazarus from the dead, which is the whole point of it. But we're halfway through the story Lazarus has died. Jesus is away with his other disciples. Jesus says, let's go to him. They said, don't go. If you go, they're going to kill you. You're going to go in Judea. And here's Thomas saying, we might as well go and die with him, just like Lazarus did. Let's go and let's die. So it's interesting because you got this, this doubter, this pessimistic follower of Christ. But in the end, man, he's a worshiper. He says, my Lord and my God. You see, the resurrection power of Jesus completely changed his disposition, transformed who he was. So I was thinking, what are really some of the lessons for us in this story of Thomas, Didymus, his doubts, his reluctance? And I thought there's several. Number one, 
I just want to repeat what we always say, right? It's not perfection, it's direction. Hey, there's a lot of imperfect people following Jesus. And Jesus doesn't throw Thomas to the side. What does he do? He works with Thomas. And I love that God is continually working with us as we're on that direction of following him, even though oftentimes there's a reluctance to it. And that ought to be our attitude toward others as well. So it's not perfection, it's direction, right? Number two, serving Jesus reluctantly is not necessarily hypocrisy, although it's not best. We may tempted to see that complaining person, that doubting person reluctantly follow and say, man, they're just a hypocrite. They're saying they're following Jesus, but look at their reluctance in doing it. Well, I don't think Thomas was a hypocrite at all. I don't think he was doing the best. And so reluctantly following Jesus is not necessarily hypocrisy, even though it may not be best. And here's a third lesson. Jesus redeems our reluctant service and turns it into true faith. He says, my Lord and my God. So, you know, we can see Thomas and we can be critical of Thomas and we can say, oh, you're such a doubting Thomas. He was really a reluctant follower of Christ, but was following Christ, not perfection, direction, not a hypocrite, just not at his best. But I love that Jesus didn't give up on him. Jesus ultimately redeems his reluctance and man, Jesus turns it into faith where he has that great declaration of the deity of Jesus. One of the proofs we go to when we talk about Jesus is God is the statement of Thomas, my Lord and my God. And Jesus did not correct him or rebuke him for calling him God. Why? Because he was God. Some application for us today is this. Follow with the faith that you have, not with the feeling that you wish you had. See, a lot of believers I know, when they don't feel it, they sideline themselves. You don't see them at church for a while. They don't show up for their responsibilities. They're kind of on the sideline. And then later when I see them, they say, well, we were just going through something. Well, here's the thing. Follow with the faith that you have, not with the feelings that you wish you had. I I love what Martin Luther said. Feelings come, feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My warrant or my proof is the word of God. Not else is worth believing. Follow with the faith that you have, not with the feelings that you wish that you had. And, you know, that's for those of you that go through that reluctant service. But how about how we minister to those who are reluctantly serving? Well, I'd say this to you. Be an encouragement to the reluctant. God may use you to show them the true resurrection power of Jesus in your life. So on the one hand, if you're that reluctant follower, follow with the faith you have, not with the feelings you wish you had. It's what Thomas did. And then secondly, um, be an encouragement to that reluctant one. Don't hold them at arm's length. Don't stay away. Be an encouragement because through your life and example, God may use you to bring them to that place of confession of my Lord and my God of Jesus. So the word for today is this, we're all a work in progress. Stay in the place where God can continue to work on you. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.